Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for being part of the program as we talk about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host, we're both financial advisors and help people for three decades, helping them make wise choices with their savings and investments and design their portfolio for financial independence. And um, I owe an apology to the podcast listeners and the radio listeners. Um, Last week, I said at the beginning of the show that we were going to talk about the importance of rebalancing yeah, yeah. a portfolio. <laughs> right afterwards, like, oops. <laughs> never, never got around to it. I got tied up on a, a long conversation about someone inheriting money. And um, anyway, we dug in. So we do promise. In fact, we're going to start off about talking about rebalancing the portfolio. And if that doesn't want to make you listen well, to the, the rest of the show. I mean, the funny thing is, um, look, when you're younger – 30s, maybe even 40s, you can be over-concentrated in a company and it's not going to impoverish you if things go sideways because you have many years ahead of you, right? So, like, I mean, if you owned Apple 30 years ago and you said, I'm going to sell it as soon as more than 5% of my portfolio, obviously that would have been a very poor strategy to build wealth. Yes, <laughs> correct. But it was hard to own it through all the years oh, before. Yeah, there it did was, really well. Yes, really, 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 really hard. Tough times. Yeah. Uh, uh, so when, when, of course, there's during that time, there's many other apples that never survived, right? <laughs> that went out of business. So you were lucky enough to be in the right company as opposed to one of the wrong companies. As we get older and our, more of our working years are behind us, not ahead of us, it's more important at that point to make sure that we are not over-concentrated in a position where if things go sideways, it can derail our financial lives. As an example, Facebook in this last year, Mega, uh, Meta, Meta it's called. Meta. It went from roughly $350 a share to under $100 a share. Now, if you had your retirement savings, a million dollars in Meta, it's now a third of that. MCI, WorldCom. Let's go on and okay. on and on and on and on and on about the number of stocks that have... Yeah. And we've seen, as advisors, firsthand... AirTouch. When people come uh, to see us, and sometimes after the fact, or we've had people argue with us, well, you don't understand, Scott. My company's different. And uh, sometimes it is. For a while. Or it had been. For a while. For a while. For a while. Go look at go look at the S and P five hundred. What it made up in nineteen seventy. What companies were in there? <laughs> right. You tell me if just buy and hold of those companies was the right thing to do. Right. So when you look at a portfolio to make sure it's properly diversified, one of the first things you want to look at is what what, what is my concentration of individual holdings or sectors? Right. Do I have too much in one sector? So. A sector would be technology, energy, consumer durables, consumer staples, right? We could go on and on about the sectors. If you went into this down market overly weighted with technology stocks, you most certainly have felt it. Um, so that's the first thing you want to do and in the portfolio. if you went in under, uh, let's say even neutral, you're probably underweighted today. That's right. That's right. 
And then the second thing you want to look at is, so am I overweighted in the individual stocks? Now, what is my overall stock weighting relative to bonds, cash, real estate? And what is my target? Is it 60%? Is it 70%? Is it 50% of my total portfolio? That includes all your investable assets other than emergency or liquid cash. All of it doesn't include the value of your home, but it includes your investable assets. What is your target? And then where do you stand against your target? So my guess is if you went into this and you rebalanced your portfolio, went into this declining market, and the, your portfolio was 60-40 at the beginning of the year, 60% stocks and 40% bonds and cash and other assets, you are nowhere close to that today. And what's the appropriate thing to do, Scott? To rebalance, which forces you to sell the things that have held up well and buy the things that are are down right now. And it's hard. The nice thing about if a rebalance is you can say, well, this is a discipline that I decided before this happened, and it takes some of the emotion out of when you... When it happens. When you see the headlines, oh, we're only a, th a third the way through this bear market. Oh, it's going to get wor much worse. Oh, it's Armageddon this time. And oh. Yes. All the stuff. If it, if it bleeds, it reads, right? So yes. it's the same stuff in the financial market. It's a disciplined approach to asset management. Yes, it is. All right. Let's, um, let's take some calls. And to join us, we'd love to take your call. 833-99-WORTH. Let's start out in Arizona. We're going to talk with Karen. Karen, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Um, my question is, what should I do next? I am 84 years old, and I have always invested in real estate. And over the last seven years, I bought little condos and rented them out. And at the end of all that, I actually realized about a 100% gain in the money that I had invested. Okay. In just five to seven years. Okay. And now about, let's see, it's, it's been two years now that I hired a financial advisor who put all my money in ETFs. Well, not all my money. I still had one more to sell. Did you anyway, sell all your real my, estate? I've sold all my real estate except the roof over my head. Okay. And at age 84, it has suddenly occurred to me that it no longer makes sense to own the roof over my head if I could get $300,000 for it because I might not live long enough to spend $300,000. Okay. How, how much money do you have in addition? To, so you own free and clear the roof over your head. How much money yeah. do you have in addition to that? Oh, uh, let's see. About... $350,000. And your monthly income that you've got coming in now, where's what? Where's that coming from? Oh, wait, 400000 I forgot about one check. Okay, $400,000. My, yeah. my income is coming from my husband was a teacher, and I get a very small amount of money from his having been a teacher for 40 years. And I get Social Security, and that income is... Uh, let's see, about $2,200 a month. And I'm frugal and I can live on that. And, and then, so the other, so you've got, you own your own home outright. You have $2,200 a month in income and you have $400,000 invested with this financial advisor who you said it's in ETFs. Do you have any money in the bank? 
No, I don't. Okay. And are you I'm, taking I'm any? In, are you? T- do you want to be very frugal? I I can be very frugal. No, that's not what I asked. <laughs> you want to be? Uh, would you like more? Well, yes, would I, you like more income? I would like some income. Would yes. you spend yes, it if you be. had it? I probably would because I still like to travel. Okay. And have you had this conversation with your advisor? Uh, Well, I'm trying to talk to different advisors. I talked to a different advisor who said that probably what this person did is not dumb. It's mostly an ETF. And I've lost about 20%, no, 30% in value over the last couple of years. In the last couple of years or the last six months? The last couple of years. You didn't make money last year? No. You didn't In make, 2021? You didn't make any money last year, 2021. No, I did not. Okay, you need to go see another advisor. It, 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 so that, and down 30%. You know, actually, at, at this point in my life, you know, I, I always made money in real estate. I sold real estate for 32 years and I bought real estate with my husband and you understand and he was it. good at fixing things and so um but I had about what did I have I had about 300,000 in um in um annuities and okay. that's the money that I took and put into ETFs with an advisor and Um, how long ago did you? How, how long ago did you take the money out of the annuities and put it in the ETFs? Like two years ago, three years ago, four years ago? Uh, about three, four years ago. Okay. Three, four years ago, and I was drawing income from them. I was getting like two percent or something like that. Okay. Here's how. Here's how I would approach this, Karen. So, um, my mother's eighty-three, so I'm pretending you're my mother. Okay. Um, uh, I would okay. look at it backwards, like, all right, what? how much income do we really need to come through the household to accomplish the things that you would like to do, knowing that uh, no one gets out of here alive, right? And you're, you're 84, right, right. right? And you say you want to travel. If you've got the health and you still have the youth to travel, like, now's the time, right? Because you might not at age 94. Well, you know, I don't plan to live that long. I I think there are worse things than dying. And I'm, I might, I might actually, I'm checking into checking out. Okay. So he, here's what, here's what we would probably do. We'd I, I'd make the portfolio much more conservative. So you don't need to worry about that. And, and then I'd start yeah. a distribution of $20,000 a year, at least and tell you to go out and have a good time. And that's a 5% distribution on Maybe this Maybe be as conservative as possible. Like, who cares about the growth of Maybe you just buy 10-year government bonds and not worry about it if it's bothering you at all. Why do you or need CDs. growth? Okay. Yeah, why do you need growth in your portfolio? You just said, I'm not long for this yeah. world. Um, <laughs> and you need to spend it. Look, look, in, in, do you have, do you, who would this money go to if, when you pass away? Well, my son's a lawyer, my son's a doctor, okay. and my daughter, the entrepreneur. Okay, well, th- listen. <laughs> so they don't need your money. They don't need your money, and they probably want you to spend and enjoy it, would be my guess. Um, You're right. Yeah. You're right. Then spend and enjoy it. it. Yeah. What's the, what's, I mean, what's the point at this, you know, 
we could invest this thing in a well-balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds to do what? <laughs> oh, you're so smart. No, really, but truly, to do what? What? What's the point? What's the, you know, it, it, you have to have direction with your money and the, and the money, the, the money is a tool in order to improve your life or you own the money. It's your money. So the best right. thing to do is design train, this. What, that, how, that how, has left the station how me. can this, how can these dollars, uh, benefit Karen? You saved right. these dollars. Wasn't easy to save them. You're at a stage in life and you're worried about the way things are structured. It's like, what's I totally agree with Pat. What for? Okay. So what should I do? You don't think you're going to live to 94. Sounds like you might find a plan. So you don't. Nobody, nobody in my family has ever lived this long, for God's sake. Yeah. Well, most family can say that today as well. Yes. Um, Yes. Just because of the advancement, Scott, just because of the advance in in medical care. Uh, So this ETF um, portfolio, and by the way, when people say ETFs, there's a, who knows how it's invested? Yeah, now. yeah. There's a, th- there's eight hundred different flavors of ETFs. It's just a, another form of mutual fund, if you will. Um, right. Well, I did take this portfolio to a different advisor who said that it's probably um, uh, he probably wouldn't change I, very much. I, and I, n- now my question is, if I wait a little while, will I get more money to put into? Um, Karen, 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 who cares if you have more money? I don't want to even, no, right. It's just like saying, it's just like saying, you know, go get when you're done with this call, go figure out which next trip you're going to take. Yeah. Which friend and make the portfolio a little bit more conservative and send yourself that money at least monthly. Right. And, and, and 800 or a thousand dollars. $2,000, $2,000, I'd start at $2,000 a month so that you're comfortable spending it. Yeah. What's the All point? Right. What's the point? Okay. You know, and you're so right. Or maybe oh, even God, more. You are making so much Maybe you sense. say, maybe you, you say, you know what? Let's take this $400,000. let us take half of it and let's have it earmarked in case I lived in 94. And let's take the other half and spend it down. Uh, Scott, I would say that she, if she runs out of money, she could do a reverse mortgage on her 100%. house. The last check you write should bounce. <laughs> your kids are fine you're not helping them my mom i'd say mom like, no sense dealing with the stress let's just stick the money in cds right now <laughs> rates are aren't too bad and right. go live your life yeah, spend okay, it don't worry about it what are the rates on you, CDs? you can get them right now three Actually, and a half four the the the, the, oh. the person that you invest your money with anyway uh-huh. just, somewhere that right? yeah you're 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 fine don't don't, you're not buying for growth, right? You're not. Uh-huh. No. Actually, I don't need I, to grow I anymore. Take, I had a gentleman that lived you across the Karen. street from me. He was 95. Uh-huh. And he, 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 he's like, man, this is great. I mean, I'm just really enjoying myself. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, well, I went, to, I went to cooking school. I didn't go for the whole thing, but I went for two weeks of cooking school in France just because that's something I always wanted to do. At 95. At 95. <laughs> wow. Right at ninety five. Not many ninety five year. Well, most don't make it to ninety five. Not many ninety five year olds and the kind of health they can go to travel <laughs> to France. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, don't don't don't. You're the advisors that you've talked to got confused about what the money is about. 
The money is about right. you. It is yours to spend. And you're so, at a stage in your life that growth is not, that's not, <laughs> you've already won the lottery as far as age goes, right? So why right. put yourself you're 84, through it? You've already lived more than most of your friends. And really, I've hit the jackpot when it comes to uh, real estate. So, yeah. We, yeah, you would have done fine. You were a hard worker and a good saver. Yeah, and the asset class is 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 just a part of hitting the jackpot. You could have done it in a dozen other asset classes as too. So, remember, as the situation changes, it's okay for the portfolio to change. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go buy a bunch of annuities. I would. Your not, money's all locked up. Do not buy an annuity. Either buy U.S. Treasuries or at least take half the money. Take at least half the money that you got with the other advisor and do that to start. It is a good start. What? CDs? Yeah. At least yeah, half. You just take it out and go to your, call around some banks. She could, put it in a, she could put it in a Folgers can and pull the money out of it as she needs it, Scott, and she'll be fine, too. Well, it might not be. the Unless <laughs> less someone steals the Folgers can. Then we got a problem. <laughs> I said she could. Yeah. That would not make that recommendation. Yeah, bury it in the backyard. I had a client that did that. Put it in the freezer. He said when he dug it up. It was all moldy. You had to bring it to the bank, and uh, they exchanged it. You also tell a story about the yeah the um, in high school, like you got your friend's freezer. Oh yeah, it's a good story. Oh yes, yes. I'll tell that story now since we're there. Anyway, thank you for the call, Karen. Um, and by the way, before we tell that story, there I know there's some listeners right now that are disagreeing with us. Okay, right? they're like, "What are you crazy?" Like. Oh, because it, you should always be invested for growth? Yeah. I know there's some out there thinking that, because I've had arguments with people like that. The reality is, and let's look, this Karen might be your mom. You're listening. This might be your mother. And there comes a time in life, particularly when you're in your 80s now, I mean, really, people can do whatever they want with their money. You want to invest it for growth? You want to, awesome, that's great. But if that's not... If you're sitting in a portfolio that's dry, that you're now suddenly finding yourself like, I better scrimp. I'm pretty good about being tight with the dollars because my, I'm losing money in my investments. To what end? For what purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No, no and, and um, it wasn't that she was losing the money in the investments. It's when she said she was losing money in the investments. And and I would look at those statements month yeah, by yeah, month I, to I, figure I that out. Make, yeah. Um. So and my guess is she didn't lose 30%. Either. I, uh, that would be my guess. I worked in this restaurant and there was a bus boy, uh, came from a, he came from a, his dad was a doctor. I think came from a well-to-do family, but hard worker, smart kid, bus boy. He, he comes to work one day and he's just like, Oh, it's the worst day ever. It was a terrible day. I'm like, what happened? He's like, my parents went on vacation and, um, for two weeks and uh, they were, this was, you got to remember, this is in the 80s. So the phones weren't like cellular. It wasn't easy to talk to someone. And he said the freezer broke down in the uh, garage and um, all the food went bad. And so I emptied it out and dumped it all in the garbage can and then uh, brought it to the street and they hauled it away while my parents were gone. I'm like, so that sounds all right. He said, yeah, but my dad had been hiding gold, wrapping it as uh, beef and hiding it in the bottom of the freezer. Oh. So apparently I threw out tens of thousands of oh. dollars worth of barred gold. <laughs> <laughs> I said, 
That's not funny. I've heard the story a hundred times. And I thought, oh no. And I said, so what'd you do? He said, we went to the dump trying to find. He said, yeah, we went to the dump trying to find it. And I'm like, well, how in the world are they going to find it? Well, you know, there's always hope, I guess. Um, And I always thought to myself, huh? Um, If you hide anything in your house, Anything in your house, especially if you're hiding something in your freezer that is of great value. Um, Get a safety deposit box. You could do that. You could do that. Come on. You could do that. (laughs) Or if you're hiding stuff in your house, tell one or two other people where it's at in case something happens to you. A big fire could be problematic, too. Yes. I suppose it would be recoverable at that point. Yes. Did they have one of those deep freezers? Yeah, yeah, the we chest used to have freezers. One of those, yeah. yeah, the chest freezers. Yeah, in the garage. Yeah, because yeah. you buy like a quarter pound, a quarter of a cow or something. Yeah, and then what would happen is that you'd stack stuff on top of it, and, and your parents there. and your parents. Well, then you'd put stuff on top of it, like a box or whatever, and your parents would yell at you. Can't put anything on that freezer. I don't know. Why? <laughs> I never got that one. <laughs> no. I had other issues, but that one <laughs> no. that was not one for the, the Hanson household. <laughs> no. We'll dig into it yeah. later in the show with the other issues that the Hanson household were. Oh, that'd be a long show. <laughs> this is a, it is a podcast, so it could be as long as you want <laughs> okay. when we dig deep. Let's talk now with Jen. Jen, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Thanks hi. for taking my call. Yeah, hi, Jen. My husband is retiring early next year. He's going to be 62 in December, and we're trying to figure out when he should take his Social Security. His first pension is worth 1124, and that includes me if if he goes before me. And that comes with an annuity with a 20-year payout at a payment of 998. And then his second pension is worth 2750, and that includes me. And then we have a rent which we're getting right now at seventeen fifty. A rental? Uh-huh. Okay. And and our social his social security at sixty two is gonna be eighteen fifty. He wants to take it at sixty two because he says he he's leaving too much money, you know, without taking it. And, and I'm Jen, are you retired? Working? Well, I work Really part time. Okay, I made ten thousand last year. My social security is worth seven hundred, and I'm fifty six. So you're fifty six. Okay, okay, big difference. So you you named off five. You're fifty six. Five different sources of income, right? Eleven twenty four. About six grand a month. Not counting social security. Right, right. Okay, not counting social security. A little less than that, but almost that. And what's he making his job now? About in the eighty two thousand range. Okay, and is the home paid for? Yes. Um, and the first pension's already coming in now. I'm imagining, right? No, we haven't. Draw, we haven't. Oh, he hasn't retired good. from either place. Okay. And how much money do you have saved for retirement outside of these pensions, like 401ks, IRAs? Um, and his 457, he has 224. And the carpenter's annuity, there's 176, but that's that 20-year payout at uh, 998. Okay, so they can't count it twice. Okay, and then in, at Edward Jones, we have thirty-two thousand in a Roth for me, and we have seventy-five thousand in stocks. And how much money do you have in the bank? Uh, Sixty-seven thousand. I'd wait. I'd wait. It particularly because of the uh, age differences between you two. 
Yep. How long would you make him wait? How I, long do you think I'd, he should wait? I'd probably visit it at uh, age 66. He's got enough money to retire comfortably without this. He doesn't have so much money that he's exposed to what we call legislative risk, which is them taking away the benefit. Well, we don't know, but I don't think so. Okay. That's fair enough, Scott. We Your do income know is going to be less than 100000 I don't think if your income was 300000 at retirement, then I'd be like, take it as early as possible. I'm and if you had millions of dollars in savings, you want to take it as early as possible. Uh, I think he's going to be, live quite comfortably with the income that's coming in without Social Security. Um, and with the spousal benefit, you want the highest benefit possible. That's right. Okay. Uh, assuming that her benefit will not be as... 700, uh, 700 bucks a month. Her benefit's 700 bucks a month. Uh, so right? you're going to be half right. of his benefit. And then, I hate to say it, statistically, he's going to predecease you, obviously. Uh, and then your benefit would bump up to what his was. So I wouldn't visit this again until I was full retirement age, um, okay. which is for him is he probably was. almost I would not 67. Take I might even kick this thing to 70. Depending upon you're what my sister, I would say... Jen, I'd sit him down too. I'd say, I think you'd be crazy to take it early. Uh, assuming you have a normal life. As, yes, that's a good point. I'd and if see. not, then I'd still run through the numbers based upon the greatest benefit from this is going to be the survivor benefit. I hate to say it. I'm just kind of, it's what we do as okay. planners, right? Um, that would be the greatest benefit way down the road. Yeah. So I wouldn't revisit the decision unless there's a change in either your or his medical situation where you believe either or both of you have a shortened life expectancy, then I would revisit it. Otherwise, I'd kick this thing off until age 66, 67, then revisit it again. Okay. All right. Okay. Great. Thank you so much for I, your time. I appreciate the call. All right. Thanks, Jen. All right. Bye. We're taking a quick break. Stick around. We're going to talk about <laughs> government insiders and buying stocks. There's, it's just kind of amazing. Anyway, stick around for more All Worth Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Matt McLean. Thanks for sticking with us. All right. We've certainly, we've read and heard about uh, our civil servants in, uh, in Washington, in the Congress and Senate, on making stock trades. Quite a bit in the last couple of years. Yes. And there's been some rules to try to stop. And then we saw some article, some reports on judges. Many cases are going to have to be retried because judges were conflicted. They were ruling on either normally civil, but sometimes criminal. Normally civil, though. Normally civil, but that they Can you had imagine if you've got a suit against a company and the judge that you're talking to is a shareholder, like a significant shareholder, yeah. a significant amount of that person's net worth in that one company, yeah. and not disclosed or anything, yeah. or not recruits himself, yeah, herself, yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty. So it's not right. That's <laughs> no. right. So this comes uh, came across this. It was um, some excerpts from a Wall Street Journal investigation. Wall Street Journal did a massive uh, investigation. Periodically, they do them on certain things. This was on uh, all the people within the, the government. government. At the beginning of COVID and the amount of stock trading that took place above and beyond what was normally. So I just wanted to share a couple of – and then I wanted to compare it to another industry and what they actually do for their, for their clients that are conflicted. So Health and Human Services, at the beginning of um, the pandemic, the 
government's reaction to the COVID. Health and Human Services reported 60% more sales of stocks and funds in January than in than the average was over the 12 uh, previous 12 months. So it meant, so, <laughs> it meant all of a sudden, even though the World Health Organization said we're not good, lockdowns don't work, China started locking down and suddenly you've got these government uh, officials thinking we might be locking down so they're Increased the sales by sixty percent. Yes, and what? And this isn't a comment on whether we handled COVID right or wrong. I don't want to go there. Um, I just want to point out the the fact that there needs to be tighter rules around this. Um, just the, the, the transportation secretary Elaine Cho purchased more than six hundred thousand dollars in two stock funds. While her agency was involved in the pandemic response and her husband, Republican Senator Mitch McConnell, was leading <laughs> negotiations of a, over a giant market-boosting stimulus bill. I'm sure they didn't have any discussion about that at home. Perry. So they, they know that the markets are down. You know, the, what did the market fall? 31% in the first um, couple of weeks? A few the, weeks, yeah. It was yeah. quick. And then all of a sudden there was like, oh, there's going to be a stimulus. And the markets turned around. And this is... This is Senator Mitch McConnell and Elaine Cho. Oh, I couldn't imagine what it was. Senator Mitch McConnell having a discussion with him um, over anything. (laughs) (laughs) That that was meant to be funny, not political. Uh, (laughs) Um, So here's. There are definitely people on in the Senate on both sides of the house that you're thinking, eh, you know, it might be time for you to step aside. Yes. The journal's analysis of financial disclosure forms of about 12,000 officials spanning from 2016 to 2021. Federal officials reported 11,600 trades in the month that we're talking about at March at the beginning of the pandemic, which was 44% more than in any other month in the analysis. So this goes over a five year period and it's up by almost 50%. The, the, this is not good. This, this is, this is actually terrible. And these are elected officials as well as bureaucrats that are actually making these trades. A so lot of bureaucrats. If, if I worked at a large, if I worked at a large um, auditing firm, I have what's called a new not, do not buy list where I am not allowed to buy a particular stock because my firm is conflicted in yes. the auditing of that. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise you might buy or sell short, right? Yes. Or you learn something about it internally. Or what, or you actually just say to these bureaucrats and policymakers, Hey, Here's what you can buy. This is how you can buy it. These are the windows that open. So the stop this sort of day trading based on this isn't this is inside information. If you don't think this is inside information, this isn't inside information about, about a particular company. This article went into purchases from senior treasury officials. You work for the treasury. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. And I I, it, I mean I understand why your mid-level manager at one of these organizations, you need to have your own investments, but can we not have some restrictions that you stick with index products or something along those lines? Like, yeah. Or you can't trade any more than 20% of your portfolio in a single something. period. Some, something around some parameters that actually say you cannot take advantage of these market fluctuations based upon information that you and your cohorts, your coworkers 
are the only ones that actually have access to the information. It's yeah. quite disgusting. We talk about oligarchs in Russia. I don't know. That's, that's a, a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Disheartening. Let's go now. We'll take calls. Go to Ohio. Talk with Janae. Janae, you're with All Words Money Matters. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Glad you joined us. Uh, my husband and I own a construction business, and all of our investing is in real estate. So I'm wondering what else we should do for retirement. And, and you, oh, go ahead, Scott. Construction, do you, is individual homes? Is that primarily what you guys do? Uh, he does just about anything, so commercial or residential. How many employees? One. And is that you or just him? Or is um, it, basically, it's just him and somebody, uh, one other guy he works with. And they're on payroll. And they're not 1099. Um, they are considered an employer or a contractor. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. That, that, and the reason we ask that is because whether you have, if, if you have employees, you have um, different retirement plans than if you don't have employees. And okay. if you ever contribute, do you contribute to an IRA now or? We don't. And how old are you? Um, I'm 49 and he's 44. And uh, what's the approximate income last year? Not revenue, but income, the money that you actually paid taxes on. Around 80000 And how much real estate do you own, like in, in dollar amounts? 100000 300000 500000000 okay. million? Um, between our house and our property is about $1.1 then we have four rentals and a church, and they're about eight hundred thousand okay. in value. And what do you owe on the the rentals? Uh, we own all of our rentals, and we have a um, about fifty thousand on the church, and about two hundred ten on our house. And what's the interest rate on those? Oh goodness! You own a um, church. So what you said? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I thought maybe you misspoke or I misheard you. Then you said it a second well, time. Uh, yeah, it was a COVID purchase. My daughter was getting married. It came for auction and he bought it and it will be an event center. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He's not a pastor slash contractor. No. <laughs> so what do you feel your need is? I mean, it's, just look at it. One, one second. Yeah. What, do you know what the interest rate is on those loans? Uh, No, they're not. Super high, okay. but I don't know what they are. Okay, they were done in the last few years. I mean, you've got uh, $2 million of dollars in real estate, and you've got $250,000 of debt on it. I, I know, yeah, but they uh, I wouldn't count that personal real estate. But they, okay. she said land, though, too, so that means he is a contractor. He could subdivide it any day. Um, I I think you should start putting money into your uh, into a company into a company 401k or UNIK or self-directed 401k forms. So. Or just IRAs for the two of you. Simple. That's the simplest thing. That is the simplest thing. And the income is 80,000. And I would right. go 100% total market. Okay. Um, so when you say a 401k, I thought those were only connected. I don't think, you were, you, I um, mean, I would recommend doing an IRA for the two of you before I set anything else up because... You I can, don't know. You could put 12000 bucks into an IRA. I don't know, though. I, you know, I, I okay. think about this. What, I, what, I, what, wait, 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 wait. One second, Scott. I, you have the 401ks are just as easy to implement today as an IRA. Plus, you can borrow out of them if you need to. Not that I'd want them to. How much money do you have in the bank? Uh, 
we have uh, 12000 in our rental account and then about nine in our business account. You don't have enough cash yeah, on hand. You don't. How about in your personal? Do you have any like emergency reserve? What happens if your husband has a serious illness or breaks his leg? Or... Uh, we do have disability insurance through Medishare, um, but that's that's about yeah. it. You you need you need uh, quite a bit more in in liquid reserves, especially for self employed. Um, is the and are you working outside the home? No. I think what's what's prompted this call because you don't have any um, well, I mean, you've got you've done a good job with all these rentals you don't have a lot of debt we are getting older and i just um start thinking oh we should have been putting money in an ira or something all of this time and um i don't really know anything about investing that way um my husband really likes the tangible type investments like property so I just really don't know what else we should be doing, I guess. Well, um, I like investing. Um, so whether it's tangible, <laughs> stocks, bonds, right? The, the investment doesn't know you own it. Um, and the more diversified you are in your investment portfolio over the long term, the less volatility that you will have in the portfolio over the long term. I think um, – and. and- I mean, if you continue down the path of rentals, you're going to go from four rentals to six rentals to eight rentals to 10 rentals. And suddenly, you bite yourself another job, which is okay. <laughs> She's 49. Yeah, yeah, if that's what you want. Yeah. But uh, you put some money in an IRA, own a total market index. You're, you're now an owner of the largest companies in the United States, and you're going to participate with their growth over the long term. And it's just good diversification. You need more liquid cash, though. You need more of a, a safety net there too. How much do you think? At least twenty five thousand. And yeah. And you said you have some for the rental set aside. I think you said twelve thousand, then nine thousand personal. When I say at least twenty five thousand, that's on the personal side, not on the rental side. You guys well, are pretty really tight on the rental personal. too. I'd be a little. I, I would too. What happens if one of the, your tenants pulls all the appliances out and? takes all the copper piping and <laughs> she's calling from Ohio. Happened. You, oh, they're all good people in Ohio. <laughs> Correct. No, 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 no. <laughs> they, never happening like that in Ohio. No, no, I agree with Scott that you, you both, if, if you were sitting in my office, I would say, let's, let's get some more money in the bank. Let's do that first. On both yeah, the rental, I think and I would agree then with that. let's go do the IRA. I'm a little nervous. Something happens, and you don't have the cash, and now you're. Yeah, if you if you had called and said there was fifty thousand dollars between the rental, it'd say, be simple. And and I'd say do a Roth IRA and buy the total market. But I wouldn't. I don't think I'd. I, I don't think I'd worry about the Roth IRA until I got at least fifty thousand uh, dollars between those two accounts. Yeah, and I'd get that saved up before you go out and buy another rental because it's gonna be tempting to. That that because that's what can really create some havoc in your financial life. That can get short on cash. We're talking now with Nick. Nick, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Yes, sir. How are you? Hi, Nick. Yes, sir. How are you? Good. We're very, we... we're very well. Thank you, Nick. Nick. Having a great day. How how can we help? Sir, I have a question. Uh, I turned sixty five in May, and I'm still working. 
So next year in November, I will be 66.6, my full retirement age. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, should I take Social Security on January 1st next year? And then another question is, uh, you know, the, the CPI, uh, the in- inflation is very high. They're giving 9 10% raise. Yeah. So... So if I don't take on January 1st, I take in November, would I still get 10% raise or no? Yeah, yes, yeah. you would. You, you would. So that basically just says, look, we ratcheted this up for everyone across the board, which means <laughs> – As we've devalued our currency. <laughs> which means that anyone in the future will get a higher benefit. So you see a lot of it in the press like, oh, we're going to get this big increase. It, it, it's a compounding increase, right? So it, it is okay. there to say, I, I don't know if we ever ran into a deflationary environment, if they would actually lower uh, the social security benefits. I, I, I can't, I can't even imagine the political uproar yeah. that would cause. Can running, you for, <laughs> running for re-election to Congress. <laughs> we moved your payment from $1,400 a month to $1,350 yeah. a month because uh, it's a deflationary environment. So that that's here to stay. So that that isn't a driver. How much do you earn at your at your your job, your employment? Uh, around 130 140 Yeah, you're not going to take Social Security full retirement age. It doesn't make so any that's sense. So that's my yeah. So should I was think I was reading that if I take on January first, I can make a uh, fifty four, fifty five thousand, uh, and before my birthday, and I won't be penalized. Yeah, well, this is a special monthly rule it's called the special monthly rule. But that even, but even it looks on a monthly basis too. I, I yeah, it looks at a monthly basis. Um, is it they what's take, your how do you, how much do you have saved for retirement? Uh, how much we have saved? Uh, we we have all yeah we have all my wife and I we have always uh, maxed out our photo. Okay, what do you have saved? Maybe maybe four five million. Okay, in a retirement account. And you make one thirty. Yes. When, and what what exact day do you turn age uh, full retirement I would, age? I would take it when I turn my uh, full retirement. May, age. May, I think my board is May twenty second. Okay, so I would start it in July first. Well, it's a sixty six, and so every, it's every month that kind of ratchets yeah, up a, a bit. Well, you said sixty six and sixty six point six. When is that? He says it's May. That would be in November. November. That's November. Oh, yeah, I would take it January the following year. Take it January the following year. Oh, the following year. Yeah, the following year. January and the reason the following is year. Look, 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 the reason is if you took it that year, you actually would qualify. But you're going to get a letter from the IRS, uh, Social Security that says, look, we paid you out. You weren't really eligible. That's you right. need to pay it That's back. Right. And then you're going to have to go That's back right. and forth That's with them. Right. And it falls under and you're like, look, I don't, it's a special monthly rule. And you will be right. But look. every And every month you wait, every month you wait, your check gets larger. Right? So it's not just an annual. It's every month you wait, your check gets larger. Yeah, so, so just do it in January so you don't have to mess with the, the special monthly rule and the letters back and forth from the uh, – I think it comes from Social Security, the IRS, one or the other. Is it Social Security? I don't even know. Or the IRS. I can't remember which I one. No, I've helped clients through it three or four times. <laughs> That's why like, we know it. Anyway, yeah. I appreciate the call. Nick. January. Well, hey, that uh, wraps up our show for this week. I want to um, want to remind our listeners that look, if you are a podcast subscriber and you like this program, do us a favor. Give us a little review of our podcast. Wherever you're subscribed to it, give us a little review. And um, if you also think it's pretty good, pass it along to a friend of yours. And if you listen to some of these calls and you think, eh, man, I, I'd like to uh, join these guys, send us an email, questions at moneymatters.com, questions at moneymatters.com. 
with what your question is going to be out, and uh, there's a good chance we'll get you on the radio. We'll schedule time to have a conversation and um, take a call on the air. You can change your name, pretend like it's something different or whatnot. The goal here is just to help people make wise choices. So it's been great being with you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This has been Allworth Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.